0: Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared. Fears faded, and Jesus revealed that He is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424 704 3278. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anna DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Sowing Hope. I am Bill Snyder, it's great to be with you all, and as always I am joined by my good friend, Anne DeSantis and my co-host. It's wonderful uh, to have her with me. And uh, we just finished that 10-part series on how to grow in faith. So if you're interested in that, uh, check out our 10-part series. We did one part pretty much every week for the last uh, 10 weeks or so. And so check that out. But uh, Anne, I know tonight we're returning to uh, guests on the podcast. And so I'm super excited about that. And why don't you tell us uh, who we have joining us?
1: Yes, you're right, Bill. It's so great to be here with you and with our wonderful guest, Terry Modica. And she is our first guest uh, that we're having after our 10-part series. Um, And again, just to encourage people to check that out on patchworkheart.org, please do. Um, 10 Ways to Grow in Faith or 10 full podcasts on ways that you can grow in your Catholic faith. So without further ado, I would like to give you the bio for our beautiful guest here, Uh, Terry Modica converted to Catholicism in 1977, drawn by the Eucharist. At that time, she began to study official church teachings in order to understand and dig deeper into her new faith. Always involved in her parishes, she gained a reputation for inspirational teaching and spiritual leadership and adult religious education, prayer groups, parish council, small Christian community development, and a variety of other parish ministries. Since 1982, uh, she is a published author and she's also served as a diocesan staff writer. She has a degree in theology and has been certified by the Diocese of Trenton, New Jersey for pastoral administration, and is a certified graduate of the Lay Pastoral Ministry Institute of the the Diocese of St. Petersburg, Florida. She is the executive director of Good News Ministries, and that's GNM.org, make sure you remember that one, which she founded and her husband, Ralph, in 1995. She's the author of the popular daily Good News Reflections, and that's at GNM.org, Good News Reflections, and has been teaching courses and seminars on the Catholic Catechism and church documents since 1994. Terry, welcome back because you've been on a couple of times, I think this is your third time, um, on to Sowing Hope. It's, I, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys.
0: <laughs> likewise.
1: That's right. Likewise, likewise. So let's start out with what's going on new with your ministry, because we've had you on before. And uh, a lot of the people who've heard your other podcasts, they, they know some of your story, but we would love to hear more about what's going on right now. Well, the most exciting thing is uh, new
2: development is the publication of my newest book called my soul shall be healed, which is a study guide uh, for small Christian communities to get together and study it in parishes or in homes or, you know, individuals as well can use it privately on the special encyclical by St pope john paul ii called ecclesia de eucharistia which means the church of the eucharist and today with so many people uh not being able to go to church people who have we're going to church and then the pandemic you know kept them at home and they haven't gone back to church even when the churches are opened up again and so many people who uh who have never really understood that the Eucharist is a who, not a what. Uh, there's the Pew, the latest Pew study shows that 70, this and this was out before COVID, uh, just before COVID, uh, 70% of Catholics don't even believe that Jesus is truly present there in the Eucharist. Uh, they don't believe in the transubstantiation. They don't understand what that means. And so, I thought this was the perfect time. The U.S. bishops are getting ready to uh, to work on preparing a plan for dioceses across the U.S. To, to help people fall in love with the Eucharist, understand the Eucharist, be evangelized, to come back to the Eucharist. And, and so I thought this was the perfect time to get this book out. I've been using what this book is based on is courses that I have taught in person.
1: And I thought now's the time to get it out as a book. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I I always love the work that you're doing because it's always evolving. You always have new things that are going on in good news ministries. And, um, so that, that's really, really good news, as you would say, right. With your ministry. Um, Is there anything else that you want to tell us about that's going to be happening in 2022 that we can kind of keep a watch out for?
2: Well, right now, uh, the, there's a, the publisher has my next newest book called, uh, 30 days to the father's heart. We're hoping to get it out uh, in time for Christmas gift giving, and we're going to soon be taking pre-orders for it with a discount. So that's, that's a, a book about, uh, how, to to really get to know god the father's radical love for us his deep love for us his his passionate love for us which we tend to really don't normally connect with because we most people and i that was this comes from my own journey my own experiences we we think of god the father as a disciplinarian he's the one that uh oh if i if i do something bad i'm in trouble And we don't see him as a a source of love or the kind of love that makes you want to cuddle up in his lap and be held by his arms. And, you know, sometimes we do, but, you know, we long for that intimacy with God. So many people don't know how to have that kind of intimacy with the Father because what we do is, without realizing it, we project onto God the Father what human fathers have been like. And Mothers and other authority figures. And so this book is 30 days of, of journeying into the heart of the Father by looking at and healing from the different ways that the different misconceptions we have about God based on our experiences that we've had.
0: You know, that's a really great, uh, and I think needed a resource for the church, Jerry, because, uh, you know, so many people, as you mentioned, really have those. Father wounds, right? Like, and they and they have an incomplete vision of what the perfect heavenly father looks like. Um, and so, uh, what a what a awesome insight! We're definitely looking forward to seeing that um, come out from GNM as well. Um, but uh, just want to revisit the Eucharist book because uh, you know you, your bio noted, and of course we know that you came into the church through. Uh, a conversion of the Eucharist and so that has to be so close to your heart, right Like that's just you know such a such a profound uh, beautiful truth uh, that that you got to experience and live in a very unique way and I'd love it if you would uh, share with our listeners and viewers uh, how how that you know moment came about and obviously, was that part of this, you know, study guide? Was it part of this book that you've recently, you know, put together? Because, um, because of that relationship that you have with with Jesus.
2: Yeah, I grew up Protestant, and my father, in fact, was a Protestant minister, and the uh, the experience I had of Holy Communion in the Protestant Church uh, was always kind of special to me i felt somehow closer to jesus but there was something missing and um and i just needed to and i just forgot to mute my phone there we go Uh, and uh the the uh the church that i grew up in was totally lacking in the supernatural. There just wasn't any understanding of the supernatural happening today. And because of that, I mean, I, I read the Bible when I was little, the Bible stories were taught to me in Sunday school and I'd hear about, and then later read about like in the book of Acts or, you know, when Jesus was walking the earth and the miracles that he did. And I was looking for that in the church for today and couldn't find it. So, when a friend of mine told me about the miracle that happens at every single Catholic Mass, where the bread and the wine through some prayers of consecration that go all the way back 2000 years, uh, you know, and it's like there was the supernatural. And you couldn't keep me away from it when I found that out. Mm. And I just, I became Catholic. This, you know, there's the old voice that was in my head. That says no, no, you can't become Catholic. And I wanted to receive the Eucharist without becoming Catholic. <laughs> but uh, the Holy spirit also at the same time came into my life in a very special way. And, and the Holy spirit is a spirit of truth. And he, convinced me he just filled me first of all with this utter total belief that that really is jesus fully body and blood soul and divinity in what looks like bread and looks like wine uh and that that whole that whole infusion of understanding came from the holy spirit and the holy spirit because he's a spirit of truth, also began to infuse in me a desire to really study and learn and listen to speakers, Catholic speakers, listen to uh, whatever I could get a hold of to understand why the Catholic Church teaches what it does, especially in the areas where I had been taught you know, not, you couldn't trust the Catholic church in such, you know, obvious one that everybody most thinks of is, you know, that Catholics worship Mary, you know, and uh, that sort of thing. So um, I just, I just dug into it, learned everything I could and just fell more and more in love with, with the Catholic faith. And the Eucharist has, has been so dear to me because you ever since, ever since I met Jesus face to face in person, through the Eucharist.
0: Mm.
1: Now that's beautiful because what you said is that the Eucharist is a who, not a what, and I think that is a big, huge misconception by so many Catholics and in non-Catholics too. Um, is there anything else that you want to share on that note? Um, because you know that is a pretty big thing. That a who, not a what. Yeah, and
2: and uh, a lot of Catholics don't understand that because we have grown up in a culture uh, for decades and decades. We've had a culture of skepticism about the supernatural. That's the society we grew up in. And it's, it's you know, the supernatural. Uh, when I was a kid looking for it, the only place I could find it was in the occult, which ruined my relationship with Christ until the Eucharist brought me back. And the Holy Spirit, you know, brought me uh, also the truth about the, the lies of the occult that I'd believed. And the, that personal relationship with Jesus that we all long for is easier, more enhanced. I can't quite find the right word. It's all of that and more um, of, you know, every, let me put it this way. Every time I go to Eucharistic Adoration, every time I'm in Mass and we have Eucharistic Adoration, because Jesus is 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 there on the altar. The priest holds up, you know, the the host and and the, the chalice at one time and said, "Behold, this is the Lamb of God," you know, and that's a time of really connecting to that Jesus who walks with me and and and. You know is there for me throughout the day and um and it's like as soon as I receive Jesus into me in communion I and I go back to my pew I, I like I, I go into this mode of wow this is a golden moment where I am so fully connected to Jesus Christ to all of God and you know but by time I leave church here and you know, by the time I get home, that golden moment will pass because I'll start to sin again. <laughs> you know, you know, my imperfections, my faults, you know, they, you know, I, I, they start coming out again, but the whole, all of mass from the time we enter and and bless ourselves with the holy water is, is a time of, of unifying ourselves with Jesus and, building that personal relationship to the nth degree of course we have to be conscious we have to pay attention we have to fully participate for that to to be real for us to to happen to to be something that affects us but all of mass you know the opening song the the penitential rite, certainly you know and and all the prayers throughout the mass and the reading of the word, the listening of the homily, and I always tell people, you know, who tell me that their homilies aren't that good. They're, they're, they're bland or watered down or whatever. And I say, well, ask the Holy Spirit to anoint your ears to hear something that he wants you to hear. And if your mind goes off in it, like a distraction on a tangent, go with it. Because the Holy Spirit might have a whole homily for you and and you know there's so many times that has happened for me I, I, I know, yes, we need to be discerning. And it's like, okay, when I start thinking about what am I gonna make for dinner, it may or may not be the Holy Spirit <laughs> you know, talking to me but, uh, but you never know. Uh, but anyways, uh, that it all culminates, it all prepares us everything in mass prepares us. to to come fully alive in who the Eucharist is and fully united to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and fully purified, uh, holy, which is why if we are in grave sin, we need to first go to confession before we receive Jesus in the Eucharist. And why it's not only blasphemy if we go with grave sin like for example believing abortion is okay it's it's you know that murdering children is somehow okay uh a grave sin like that when we go to receive Jesus in the Eucharist whether and whether we believe it's really Jesus or not or just a, a wafer of a bread you know It's a, it's not only a blasphemy and a slap in the face against Jesus who died on the cross for us, for the, for those sins to, you know, to, to free us from the damage of the sins, the, the slavery of the sins, the, the punishment of the sins, uh, the hell that those sins are leading us to, uh, to free us from that. But not only that, it's a, um, it's, it's. Well, put it this way. When we, when we're, uh, when we're free of those grave sins, it's an enlightenment that happens as well as a purification. When we deny ourselves that because we remain in grave sin, we're hurting ourselves beyond measure. You know, we're condemning ourselves. We're, we're, we're receiving Jesus unworthily. and And that's, that's a huge condemnation on ourselves, and, and if people could see that, people could feel that, could know that, could be taught that, you know, you don't hear much about that. No. You know? uh, and, but if they could be taught that, you know, we, we all need to repent. And they're all, we all have times in our lives that we have some pretty big reasons to repent. And repentance is not a bad word repentance is not something to be ashamed about. It's something to feel great about because we're being set free. And so that's what the Eucharist is all about is, is getting ourselves united to what Jesus did for us on the cross and how he set us free from evil and sin. Yeah. And you know, um,
0: that's what I, I find, first of all, thank you so much for sharing, um, you know, about that, because often you're right. It's not something that we hear. Um, about about why we shouldn't receive. And I think I think we all hear things like, "Oh, you shouldn't receive in you know a state of mortal sin," and you know we tell that to our our, our kids and uh, people who are in our confirmation programs or, or whatever. Like you know we'll we'll mention that, but we often don't hear the why. And and it's so important that you really brought that out and brought that to light for our listeners because um, you're able to you know say you know what you want to have the best possible union you can with god this and and don't you know don't lie to yourself that you are um so um you know in union with god when you're not like and that's a beautiful beautiful why that i think a lot of people uh need need to hear and internalize uh, but at the same time um you know knowing that this God is merciful, that we have the access to forgive uh, all of our sin, mortal sin, and the sacrament of reconciliation. So uh, you do you know, a wonderful job. Thank you for saying that today. Um, and the other thing is, you know, um, which, which I find so awesome, is that you really, in this study guide, um, have, uh, and by the way, that is My Soul Shall Be Healed, um, and it's available through Karis Publishing. Uh, and also on gnm.org. Uh, but the the really cool thing, Terry, is I like how you really guide the person through this um, uh, study by, you know, or this uh, uh, encyclical by uh, St. John Paul II, and you use five, uh, seven different parts um, with an intro and conclusion, but maybe you can talk about, you know, the progression of the seven different uh, chapters or parts of this book, uh, and then how even... Um, study groups and guides can use this because again, you really take them through all the things you've been talking about uh, the personal relationship. um, And of course, what we believe and don't believe about the Eucharist, but maybe just talk a little bit about the different parts of the book and how it's structured and kind of follows along with what uh, the encyclical of John Paul.
2: I also want to mention that for uh, study groups uh, there's also a free PowerPoint available that also has it, you know, each part, Uh, clearly presented that can be, um, you know, with, with the the questions are presented for each part, the, uh, the group discussion questions, and it can be projected, of course, on the, on the television or, or a screen. Uh, But um, the, uh, okay. So in, in the first, the first lesson, the first part of, of the, pope uh, john paul ii's document is called the mystery of faith and uh let me just skip past the introduction for a minute um and you know in that it's like it's a time to reflect on how our faith grows and where are we at our faith you know where are we in our journey of faith which is a good starting point for any discussion group um and and then and then it challenges, you know, like, like in uh, the beginning here, one of the first questions for people to think about as they are reading the Pope's document. So the way this works is uh, questions are presented on uh, what to be thinking about while you're reading certain paragraphs of the Pope's document. And then you come back to the book here. You, so you need the, the Pope's document at hand too. Uh, which you can get online, or you know, you can buy it as a book, and and then there's you know after reading those paragraphs, then there's um, reflection on it in the book, and the the first groups that have been using this have been telling me that uh, that they're going slower through the book. I mean, this is designed to be done in five sessions but they're stretching it out because they want to do the introduction separately and the conclusion separately. And, and because they're loving it. Uh, Some of the people attending this are even going through RCIA, they're converts and they're, they're just eating up the Pope's documents so much. And they're uh, they're And and this, this book unpacks it to make it understandable for our, our daily life uh that, that's one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gave me from the very beginning as I was studying church writings church official documents uh the Holy Spirit helped me you uh, he gave me the gift of being able to share it with others teach it to others not on a heady level but on how does this fit with my life how does this help my life um uh, so it's daily life and i'm a daily life person with with common struggles married you know i have adult kids now who you know and and so it's it's a journey that we're all on and this book helps people journey Mm. through what wherever they are at in their spiritual walk um but journey closer and closer to the eucharist through it and through understanding the whole of mass so uh like for example um Uh, for what reason is the Eucharist called the center of the church's life? You know? Uh, And how does the Paschal mystery influence the church's life through the Eucharist? All this is explained.
0: Yeah.
2: Awesome. Um, Did the first apostles, you ever think about this? Did the first apostles have an immediate understanding of the Eucharist or did it require a learning and maturing process?
1: (laughs) Mm. Good questions. I mean, I think from what I'm seeing that you really, you know, you really pondered it. And the Holy Spirit was at work in you when you wrote this book. So, and, uh, and it's just launching
2: off of what Pope uh, John Paul II said, you know, he goes in, he answers that question and I draw out the, think about this before you read this. And it just, it sends it a lot of light bulbs start going off then, you know, it's
1: like, Wow. Exactly. Well, that's really beautiful. Um, I want to just thank you. You know, you're going to come back again. I know you've already been on this is like your third time with us. So we're so grateful to you. I want to tell people your website again, it's gnm.org. So be sure to check it out because you can find out more about my soul shall be healed and all the great work that Terry Modica is doing, and her husband and all the people that are also working in the ministry. I know, Bill, that we got to end the podcast, unfortunately, but Terry, uh, thank you so much for joining us on Selling Hope. Well, thank you for helping me get the word out about this book,
2: because this can be very life-changing, and the church desperately needs this, parishes desperately need this, because people need to get excited about what's really going on in the Mass. I mean, really excited. The Pope has a whole chapter on that, you know, about the the extravagance to be experienced at mass. And you know, so we just got to get the word out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so folks, uh, head over to gnm.org, uh, and search, uh, for my soul shall be healed. Uh, it's actually right on the homepage. Uh, so you can, uh, Click that, and then it's also available through Karis Publishing, uh, which is a great, great uh, Catholic, small Catholic publisher. So, uh, and
2: it's also available as an ebook for oh, those yeah. who don't, you know, prefer it in that format. So, my website shows how to get that.
0: Yeah, awesome, Terry. Thank you so much for being with us today, and uh, look forward to having you back as always. You have Such a great uh, way, as you said, of explaining this for uh, just the common, you know, everyday Catholic to understand. And that's truly a gift that the Holy Spirit gave you. Uh, I can I can confirm that, folks, for you, for you. Uh, If you're like, oh, is that really like a charism of what Terry does? Yes, uh, I can confirm that in my work with her. Uh, She is gifted beyond gifted in that. So thank you so much for doing that for the greatest gift that we have in our church, the Eucharist.
1: Amen. Thank
0: you all. God bless. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andysantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andysantis2.